A little boy named Arlong is going to school. He is not afraid of the sun, the wind, or the rain. He is only afraid of the teacher criticizing him for being lazy, because if he does not learn, he will lose mianzi in front of his parents. And welcome to Inside the Chinese Mind with Dr. Helen Jung from Cambridge and Darren Fuchs from Thompson Gear Lawyers in Australia. This is season one, episode eight: How to Develop Mianzi. And Helen, thank you very much for that uh, that uh, song that <clears throat> you just read out. When did you first uh, hear that, and and、uh, and how did it how did it come to you?、Um, we have learned this song.、Um, I've, I've been trying to think where I have first heard of this.、Um, mm-hmm. It must be when we were in primary schools. You, you know the nursery rhymes that we sing to our、yeah. kids in the West. This、yes. is one of the nursery rhymes、uh, songs that that kids will、um, hear、uh, to this day. You know the younger generations、uh, yes. as part of the Chinese, day, yeah, as a, as a part of the Chinese,、uh, you know, early childhood education. Yeah, and so it's actually something that's a learning song that kids learn at school. I think, isn't it, Helen? Yes, I think we we learn this.、Um, As part of of entertainment and part of a、um, the curriculum at very early years, it's primary school, I guess.、Um, yeah. But it's only reading it now again. It makes me realize how these are embedded in our culture and yeah, the children in the children's minds since such an early age. What what does that、uh, that poem about Mianzi that sorry that song about Mianzi mean to you or what did it mean to you as a kid? Yeah, you you don't think about it as a child, I suppose. You just you know sing along and、uh, you know kids will go to school、uh, together and they will be singing songs. This will be one of them. And to、um, the the intention or the purpose of this song literally is to encourage children. To be a good student.、Um, again, this is a, a Chinese value、mm. of how education, how education is so important. But also, is that if you're a good student, that means later you will have a good job, you will be successful, you will be well respected, and these are all good for your face. But not not just for you, but for your parents and for your family, even for you know the entire、um, family tree. It's an honor for your ancestors. Yeah, but in Western society, we'd probably say you, know, you need to study well at school so you get a good job, etc., etc. But the concept is so that you have a good life, you personally have a good life in the future, because then you can earn more money or have more status or or have more opportunities or options available to you. So as it, and it's an individual benefit. That's a benefit to the person who does the study. This here seems to focus on something else called mianzi. And says, you do that so that you have mianzi. Yes, it's again、uh, go back,、uh, Darren. We discussed this、uh, the sense or, or how different the I, in the sense of a Chinese I,、uh, you know, the individual is never really an individual. So,、mm. uh, sure, for if you study well, if you do well, then you have mianzi. But it's more about. Then you make your parents proud. 
you make your you know business or you make your community you make your city you make your country yeah so the starting point yeah yeah, it's the same you know like it looks like we encourage the similar outcome you know to do well to um, be successful but the starting the very motivation is more about making the group or this community uh, proud Mm. or gain Mm. face and of course you then benefit but it it seems to be a slightly different um, uh, focus yeah and I love how how Westerners think that uh, that uh, any sort of statement on something from Chinese tends to be a proverb or something, but uh, or mm-hmm. something similar to a proverb. And another one I, I can recall is that men can't live without face, trees can't live without bark. And I think it was a <clears throat> that statement is is really an indication of the fundamental element of Chinese culture that face is probably uh, or is one of the most fundamental elements of having uh, having fulfilled your obligations as part of the collective, which is a driving force for people in the Chinese culture. Indeed, um, they will um, go through our conversation and I'll share more uh, verbs and words and um, sayings on face, on mianzi. But this is indeed, it's emphasized how important um, mianzi or face, if you do a literal translation, uh, is critical in dealing with Chinese and in the relationship building, in how things are done, um, in how communication should be tailored or, you know, at least with the awareness of this important concept. Yes. And Mianza, um Podcats is one of the fundamental elements of Chinese thinking, which we covered in uh, earlier episodes. And you might recall we had a three-tiered uh, thinking culture pattern for Chinese and the, the lowest uh, and the most fundamental tier was what in Western is called yin yang but in Chinese is called Helen yin yang <laughs> yin yang where the, y, where the Y doesn't get pronounced very much um, uh, and that was the base, base uh, level that's the fun, most fundamental the next was Ru Shi Dao and the next level is the five major considerations and I tend to think and Mianza is one of those five major considerations that, that come into Chinese thinking. And I tend to look at it uh, that the Inyang and Rushidao are the uh, sort of unconscious thinking, or the at least Inyang is so embedded it's unconscious in how it's thought about. Rushidao is, is the next level up and is partly subconscious, partly conscious, and something that actually physically occupies the conscious thinking of Chinese an awful lot is those five issues we talk about at the top level. And one of those is Mianza. So Mianza is such a fundamental issue, but it's something that is actually consciously thought of in the Chinese people in their day-to-day activity and everything they do. Would that be right, Helen? Absolutely. And I just also want to add, um, Darren, that uh, these elements, um, they're not, you know, for example, Mianza is not just a standalone concept. Um, it will uh, work and interact with all the other elements in this uh, thinking model. Oh, yes. It's a matrix. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so they all I, impact on each other. They all build on each other uh, and they're dynamic, uh, but together they form this foundation. Right. I don't know if Keanu Reeves is in this matrix, but it's a matrix of thinking. 
<laughs> which brings us to our topic of the week, Mianza. And so let's talk about what is Mianza first. And if I can give my usual Western way of thinking about it, our brains are a memory-based sorting machine. We, we sort and simplify the world into understandable chunks, which makes us able to f function in the world. At any time with our five senses, we've got thousands of bits of information coming in all the time, uh, out of which we have to work out how to operate in the world, and our brain simplifies and sorts those things down into sizable chunks we can live with. However, different cultures and different languages cut up the world differently. It's not like you can take the word nianzu and then find an English equivalent because there isn't. It's because the culture has developed differently. The sorting machine of our brains has worked out differently how to operate uh, within the world. And the result is that mianza is a concept that's widespread in, in Asian cultures, particularly in China, in Japan, and also in Middle East and Arabic cultures. Uh, but isn't, isn't the same thing. There is no direct equivalent for all the elements of it in Western society. Yes, indeed. Um, and also um, there is, um, perhaps we could roughly describe it as, as an image, you know, a personal image or branding, uh, you know, a brand or the persona of a person. Um, but it's, it's more than that. For the Chinese, it also includes, you know, the, the um, the favors you've done for people over the years, um, where you are. Remember, China is a hierarchical society. Where you yeah, are, right. where you are in the certain, um, you know, social standing, and also um, what are it, it's it, it it is it is very much of a person's social capital, which they can build. Uh, it can be drained. It can be increased. You can grow that. It also can be decreased. And you can work on giving others men's um, face. Um, yeah. By doing that, you will then gain uh, favor or credits in front of that person. So then in the future, when you need a favor, it's returned. And I put a, a Western spin on that. I'd say... Mianza is how one creates and earns and maintains the position where others want to do business with us. Sure. It differs from culture to culture as to how you earn and maintain those positions. In the Western society, it might be that you have a contract that provides you a certain right in a certain area, like exclusive marketing rights. <clears throat> or it might be uh, that you hold a particular uh, your company has achieved certain things in the past or you've achieved certain things in the past. It might be a collection of those things that we tend to think of as reputation or branding in Western culture. In Chinese sure. culture, mianzi is what is how one creates or earns and maintains the impetus for other people to do business with us. So if you have, have face, if you give face and don't lose face, then you're more likely for people to uh, want to do in China to want to do business with you. If you have lost face or have caused them to lose face, uh, the chances of them wanting to do business with you has then been dramatically decreased. Does that make sense, Helen? Yes, indeed. Um, also, just as we are talking, uh, I'm thinking about this, Karen, because for Chinese, um, mianzi is such a all-encompassing um, concept. There are everything you can do, 
to um, not just grow or develop or expand your own, but also make others uh, make others feel good, or you know, give or elevate theirs. Um, yes. Again, we talk about this in, in Chinese thinking is holistic. So uh, even for business relationships, the means building goes beyond just the business activities. Um, Indeed. For example, you know, the Chinese um, often if they trust you, say, for example, a joint venture relationship, um, the boss in China trusts the boss in the West. They sometimes will ask what's seemingly to us personal favors. They may say, oh, my kid is thinking of, you know, going abroad to to, um, you know, continue his or her education. Where do you think? I, we should send him or her to. Mm. Now that's mm. that's a perfect opportunity for the counterparty in the West to help, because for the Chinese, their family come come always family is important, and their yes. children's education, as we know, the Chinese view education as the most important uh, part of what they can give to the children. And I think a, a good example for me to show how earning mianza. Uh, in Chinese culture is different to earning respect or dignity or prestige in Western culture is um, while a Western business person might be respected in Western society for his or her frankness and being a straight shooter, um, um, being a straight shooter in China would likely be viewed as being uncultured, overbearing, rude, difficult uh, and not someone to deal with. Yeah, for example, a Western subordinate attending a meeting uh, with the boss and other people mm. would likely have no problems in uh, in raising um, alternative suggestions or raising questions about what the boss is suggesting or even disagreeing with, uh, with the boss or other people in the meeting. And in fact, in various uh, circumstances in Western culture, not all, but in various, it's actually uh, raised as... Uh, as a process that must be undertaken to get to a better decision. But in China, this, this would likely be a very serious uh, face-losing situation for the subordinate, for the boss, and even for the, the whole of the company, that it, would be, it, it, is, it is not something that uh, is viewed as a, 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 a good process in China. In fact, it's viewed as a, a process of losing face or a bad process. Yes, and it also goes into, you know, meeting protocols or... Um, as in if there's a senior person um, in the meeting, all the people who are regarded um, um, in subordinate um, relationships, they would not say anything unless they were called to say something. Uh, but they would, they would never, you would hardly hear anyone to voice their opinion. Um, if yeah. they did so, they risk um, never being called to another important meeting. Hmm. So how do, in Japanese culture, uh, the term yeah. namawashi, you know the term right. namawashi from no. Yeah, no. digging around the roots of the tree? Oh, right. sorry. So, so namawashi is the, Chinese, is the Japanese process to overcome the face issues, Helen. So what they do oh. is actually they meet it. The boss says, yeah, I'm just wondering what we can do here. He doesn't offer a view. Right. Uh, and then he uh, he then they all namawashi, they all dig around the roots of the tree. They all different, you know, makes right. different. Oh, you know what? Uh, I'm just wondering whether this would be good or I'm just I'm not sure whether this would be a good idea. 
And right. they, they put up things, but in a very, very respectful way. Mm-hmm. And then um, the boss then says, well, my view is we should do X, Y, Z, which is usually based upon the views expressed by everybody else. Mm-hmm. What a fantastic outcome. Let's go and do that. So that's how they mm-hmm. get to, to elements of consensus. Yeah. We're in the in the Middle Eastern culture that mm-hmm. is, is no Namawashi. It's just run from the hierarchy from top down. <clears throat> the boss right. might uh, seek some views uh, in writing on different mm-hmm. things. Uh, but then when he speaks, that is the, the view that proceeds. For example, yeah. if you go to uh, Muscat in Oman, which I do uh, for business occasionally yeah. on the oil and gas area, uh, yeah. then uh, you often see in the newspaper uh, the wisdom of our sultan and then it has quotes from him and then that becomes the governing process for how right. decisions are made or, or fix the, the operation of life in some way. That's very and there is no There is no questioning in those cultures and you, no. it, you, you tie on to um what the the superior says right even if it's to your own detriment right um and uh so which which uh, of those two options which one yeah. is closer to china helen i'd say um the japanese actually i think mm. um the the leaders the good leaders anyway they always listen um but they create a environment to make the employees or their subordinate feel safe to Indeed. say to say things and then they learn from others who they they're trusted advisors um, and yeah. they learn from reading books uh, from the traveling they they're usually very observant and reflect people hey Helen but but can I also ask yeah. you to comment on yeah um, is this uh, principles wax and wane in culture all the time yeah and uh, this is a very strong principle uh, Mianza is a very strong principle of uh, I w- what I can say is the older generation, uh, yes. so the, the 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s generations. Mm-hmm. But is it still a common principle or, oh, sorry, is it is it still as strong with the younger pers- people in China these days or are they more like uh, as known as the little emperors and empresses and perhaps a little more outspoken to what they used to be? That's a good Good way of presenting it, Darren, I think, because, see, the younger generation, a lot of them um, have been or um, have been exposed or educated in in a non-Chinese environment. Mm. So the percentage of young people who were um, exposed to the Western culture, to Mm -hmm. um, the thinking of more, um, you know, less, less means more about mm. what's going mm. really happening and you know how we can get things done so they will behave in a slightly different uh, manner so but still for them yeah. means is is very important yes when it comes to key you know places for example that you know their parents the respect and uh, you know they want to do Indeed. well so they can you know make their parents proud so yes. those things are still uh, very critical. But, yeah. And, no. But notwithstanding, would you agree, Helen, that for a Westerner entering into business or conducting business in China or with Chinese people, Miangsa should be a guiding and fundamental principle and don't assume from how the other person reacts that if you act uh, in a way that causes them to lose face or you lose face, don't assume that that doesn't matter. In fact, even with the younger generation, the fundamental basis and the fallback position for any Westerner doing business with the Chinese mind is to make Mianza 
um, a central consideration, a conscious consideration constantly in their dealings. Would you agree with that? I do. I absolutely do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And maybe a quick, uh, some some examples yeah. of Nianza. Um, I can give you an example of losing face. Um, uh, Helen, um, I remember I was giving a, a lecture, a one-day seminar to a company that was entering into a deal with the Chinese company where the Chinese company was going to fund um, yeah. development of some techno uh, technology in an oil and gas area yeah. uh, with the Australian company. So they went through a training course with us for a day um, on and a, and a corporate one, so it was a closed training course on how to, how to work with their business. And, of course, the boss was a straight shooter who would uh, be quite frank in his views. And in the company, we had only one person who was of Chinese culture. Uh, and he was uh, from mainland China, in fact, from Beijing. Uh, and uh, we raised the issue of face and talked through some issues with that. And, right. uh, and our Chinese friend in the audience said, yes, that's right. Uh, this is a fundamental issue. And um, uh, it is very, uh, very important to all Chinese. I then spoke about how the result of that would be that uh, if a Chinese person uh, was feeling uncomfortable with you, they wouldn't say so and they would keep them to themselves and still be polite. So they'll still say yes, even when they mean no. Um, they would still very much uh, uh, work to maintain your face and not to lose face themselves. To which the CEO, who was, oh, sorry, the to which the uh, chairman of the board, who was a, a, an elderly uh, fellow from Australia, uh, right. turned to the Chinese person and said, look, if you've got a problem with this, you better tell us now. Uh. And, uh, <laughs> and it was just a, a nice example to show that that straightforwardness, that straight shooter sort of mentality right. uh, and expecting a Chinese to be a straight shooter uh, uh, was just not working and uh, resulted in perhaps a, a loss of face, uh, yeah. but certainly resulted in no matching of the communication styles between the parties. Right. Helen, do you have a good story about Mianza? Oh, yes, I do. I um, uh um, used to take all my foreign clients to uh, these visits, and as you know, Darren, we so we will yeah. always have um, the occasional uh, Chinese banquet where you will eat um, anything and everything you can think of <laughs> in those days. Um, yes. Um, so this one occasion, I took my client. He's the uh, very first time going to China to the south to Guangdong area. Uh -huh. um, so we were all sitting, sitting down around the table, you know, with 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 the proper folded um, uh, soviets, and um, so you know that on the table there's that little bowl of water with a bit of lemon in it. Yes. And uh, so as we all Free sat hands. down and we were just yeah, we were just all settled. He thought that was the soup. Right. So yes. he picked it up. And drank from the soup. From the lemon bowl. The lemon bowl. The lemon water bowl. Yes. And yeah. and I I thought this is interesting. So I froze mm. for a moment before I could do anything. My our Chinese counterpart, the big boss, uh, runs this billion dollar group. But anyway, mm -hmm. he then picked up his bowl of lemon soup and drank from it. And drank well. it too. Yes. Isn't and of course, everybody else, everybody else but me who did the same. <laughs> <laughs> and followed suit. And they had a lovely lemon soup that night. 
Yes, and the yeah. uh, conversation just flowed very nicely from there. Brilliant, isn't it? We're in Western society. Someone say, "Oh no, don't drink that. That's uh, that's for your hands." And in yes. fact, uh, I've seen that many times, and uh, yes. it's just a beautiful way of indicating how there would be have been loss of face if the Western technique of, "Oh no, don't don't uh, don't pick that up. Don't drink that. That's uh, that's for your hands." Ha ha ha! Yes. Everybody make a joke of it with yes. a bit of loss of face, but in fact, uh, the host did a wonderful thing of actually saving face and increasing his own face and his own audience there, I think, as well through the process. Yeah, well, I really admired his quick wit and yes. also um, the, the willingness to go that far. Beautiful. Hey, Helen, the story of RQ, would you like to tell us about that? Sure. This is, again, another essay we learned in school in our Chinese, one of our major subjects. Um, it's called Chinese culture, or it's equivalent to English essay. This is written by Lu Xun, uh, one of the uh, our famous uh, writers, scholars in China. It's a story about RQ, who's a farmer, who is who doesn't read, who is poor, um, but it's examples of how means how he. Uh, treated means as such important thing, and his life, his his entire life was distorted and um, manipulated by how he believes means. Uh, either he's got means or saved his own means. For example, someone beat him, he would say, "Oh, that's the son beating his father," and right. he will feel good for it and he'll forget it. So in the end. Um, it was such an extreme um, situation. He got uh, arrested. This is, mind you, the story, the context back in the early uh, 20th century. It's it's yeah. not in contemporary uh, context. It's a historic uh, story yes. Uh, yes. before the current uh, Chinese, um, before our Communist Party, before the Chinese um, yes. uh, new um, new. Uh, government came in in 1949. It's, it's before then. It's about 20 mm -hmm. or 30 years before then. So mm -hmm. he was arrested during one of the um, one of the riots, and then because he doesn't read, and he was going to be executed. He's going to be beheaded, and they asked him right. to sign his name on this acknowledgement that he's going to be hanged. Yes, uh, because he can't write. So he can only do a circle. They said, if you can't write, just draw a circle. And mm -hmm. he quickly draw a circle. And all mm -hmm. he worried about was, it, was the circle perfectly drawn or not? Yes. Then the fact yeah. that he's, he's going to be killed. <laughs> Indeed. So, yeah. So yeah. it's a, it's a um, mind you, the face concept itself, it's quite a um, controversial topic in China. So mm -hmm. there are sayings like, you know, um, someone would rather die than um, having than lose his face. Yes. So in Arcus case, uh, people are arguing, you know, what was he doing? He was basically uh, let this concept gone to such an extreme. He lost um, reality, lost a sense of reality or common sense. Yep. Or perhaps that was his perception of reality. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, therefore, I mean, the 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 summary we I like to put forward is that causing someone to lose face on purpose 
can result in that person being an enemy for life. It can it can absolutely damage your business capabilities or business success working with the Chinese mind. Or you will never hear from that person ever again. Indeed, indeed. And that brings me to a, my second story, of a, which I've mentioned in a previous podcast, but it just is such a reminder for me of where um, a uh, Chinese person was engaged as a consultant to help a Western law firm, in fact, set up in Beijing. Right. And um, uh, the the Chinese uh, the lady Chinese consultant was working with a the lady who was in head of head of setting up this law firm in Beijing, and uh, on the on the basis of uh, the, the developing relationship, uh, the Chinese person uh, gathered up uh, various resources from her network uh, to help the uh, Western company uh, Western law firm set up in Beijing, and she, she had arranged for a certain meeting with a certain a supplier of actually of premises uh, to meet with the Western boss um, and the Chinese lady provided to the boss a list of uh, recommendations as to how to uh, uh, deal with issues that would be raised during a meeting that was organised between the Western boss, the Chinese uh, assistant and the supplier of the premises. Mm. The Western boss didn't unfortunately spend the time to properly look at what was on the sheet and just replied in an email saying, look, that's all fine. I'm sure we can work on those things, etc." Mm. They then went to the meeting uh, and during the meeting, the Western boss uh, started going through uh, the list, uh, realised there were some things in there that she hadn't read about before, had not read before, uh, mm. was concerning to her and said, oh, look, actually, uh, when I think about it, this might be a problem, that might be a problem and maybe we've got to do this differently. Uh, the meeting was a, a rather cold meeting uh, and ended uh, a little quicker than uh, the Western lady had expected. <clears throat> Immediately after the meeting, the Western lady uh, turned to her uh, Chinese assistant and said, oh, look, let's go for dinner and discuss these things, to which the Chinese lady said, oh, look, I'm sorry, I've got another appointment tonight, um, uh, but uh, let's discuss those tomorrow. Uh, the, then the next morning, the Chinese assistant merely sent an email to the Western boss saying, thank you for the work that we've done together. I must now resign. I wish you all the best in the future. Um, wow. And the reason being is because the Chinese subordinate lady had lost face mm. with her friends mm. uh, who were supplying the premises, etc., which she had arranged on a favour to be supplied to the boss's company. Uh, and the Chinese lady had put the note to the Western boss to make sure she was happy with certain outcomes she got a reply saying yes this is all fine i'm sure we can work them all she went back to her friends and said my boss has agreed to all these things this is all fine so let's have the meeting just to uh, build the relationship uh, yeah. uh, uh, they went to the meeting and of course the chinese uh, assistant was terribly embarrassed and lost face in front of her friends because of the actions of the western boss uh, which resulted of course in the Chinese uh, uh, assistant resigning and uh, that fa those favours being lost to the company and uh, and the Western boss having to start again on various things. What's well, a good example? Yeah, yeah, indeed. It yeah. just shows how. Um, but having um, said it, um, Darren, I think uh, perhaps the uh, Chinese subordinate lady who resigned could have communicated it a bit more uh, with her boss in the sense of making it more clear to her 
how important it is um, this face concept. But then again, she probably yep. assumed that uh, it was all communicated and conveyed um, yeah. because she's got written confirmation is all good. Indeed, but I think what we had there was a, a lack of understanding of each is co- each other's culture. Um, right. As we said, we say often in our podcasts, um, the idea is that you go 40% of the way, uh, you encourage the other side to go 40% of the way, and the other 20% in the middle doesn't matter. Right. But uh, yeah, and uh, we could also we could often say there are things the other party could do better, um, and I totally agree with you, Helen. Um, but I think the emphasis is for us to learn things and to do those things better. But I totally agree with you. You're absolutely right in what you're saying. Indeed. So, yeah, again, you know, pr- protecting your own and other people's means is, is regarded as a, the most important thing there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, and the manifestations can be far-reaching, you know, as in losing, absolutely. losing a deal or uh, missing out on potentially – um, a good um, opportunity or working with people who otherwise would be a great um, uh, asset to the business or the uh, um, or your company. 